Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's David Smith and Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. I'm Monty Larrick, and this is David Smith, Hello. the Executive Director of the Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action. Dave, back in 2019, Governor Pritzker signed the Rebuild Illinois Act into law. Rebuild yep. Illinois, making $45 billion worth of investments in roads, bridges, railroads, universities, early childhood centers. Sounds sounds good, doesn't it? And state facilities over the next several years, creating and supporting an estimated 540,000 jobs over the life of the plan and revitalizing local economies across the state. Who could object? Yeah, but to help pay for it. Rebuild Illinois also ushered in a massive expansion of gambling in the state. The law legalizes sports betting, authorizes six new land-based casinos. Plus racinos. Authorizes gambling at uh, all three horse racing tracks, casino yep. gambling, and uh, two future tracks. Allows 7,000 video gambling machines at locations across the state. Adds 5,000 sports betting kiosks at retail locations with uh, lottery. Talk about counterproductive money. <laughs> and we have now surpassed Las Vegas with the number of gambling positions yeah. uh, in Illinois, or I should say Nevada. Yeah. We have surpassed Nevada. Yep. Jerry Prasapio uh, predicts that all that government-sanctioned gambling will lead to some big potholes along the way. Oh, yeah. Jerry is a former compulsive gambler. Uh, Jerry, why do you believe state and local governments are making a big mistake and counting on gambling to fund projects. Well, Monty, it's good to be here today with you and Dave. And, you know, first of all, government should be in protecting our citizens. That's and right. really, gambling, institutionalized gambling, is just, uh, just the opposite. It uh, affects so many lives. So many people have, uh, that I have met have had divorces, have had bankruptcies. The average uh, compulsive gambler, when he finally does hit rock bottom, is uh, loses an average of $55,000 in debt. So you're looking at, you know, I know my associate was on with you last week. And Ken Darnell. Talk, yeah, Ken Darnell, and talking about the average, uh, what uh, casino for every dollar that they take in, it costs you and I $3. Social costs, right? Yes, yeah, addiction, bankruptcy, and crime. When you look at that, that's just like if you're a kindergarten economics. If I went into the city I live in and asked my mayor, I'm going to open up a new business, he says, what kind of business do you have before I issue a license? Well, I'm going to open up a casino, but it's going to cost you $2 for every dollar I make. He, he'd say, get out of my office. I'm not, <laughs> but, but that's basically what they're doing. That's right. But, Jerry, if not gambling or legalize marijuana, the tax revenue from that, how do we fund government without raising taxes? <laughs> Well, you take a look at their budgets and what they're spending and uh, what they're making. But all, all, I think the main thing, and I know we have a prayer group that meets monthly, and we just pray for good, sound economic development. For instance, years ago they wanted, this is before this uh, new 2019, 
instituting more ga- gambling casinos. They wanted to put a gambling casino in Country Club Hills, and they were, you know, dying to get it, the community and whatever. And we prayed. We went out on that land and prayed over the land. And today, if you drove out there, you'll see sound businesses, uh, you know, you know, restaurants, movie theater, you know, Walmart's out there. So all that land that was purposed for a casino is creating jobs that, you know, are good economic jobs for and the community. And it's a benefit to the community. Exactly. Not a um, detriment. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, Jerry, you said that um, you, you, you know people with all, the, all this debt in the gambling. Um, where are you meeting these people? Well, I'm in a recovery program, and so I meet them on a weekly basis. And what's that called? It, you know, it's... Um, just one for gamblers, compulsive gamblers. Okay. Yeah, that, uh, I mean, there's several out there, uh, Dave. There's Celebrate Recovery, yep. which is a Christian-based. You can uh, get help there. And then yep. there's others, Gamblers Anonymous. And there's so many different counselors now. There was a time when I first stopped gambling and got set free from the Lord. Uh, there weren't any, hardly any addiction counselors. Now it's a wider range of, uh, of counselors and that can help you with the gambling problem. What the problem is by then, you're tapped out. You've blown everything. Mm-hmm. You owe money. You've hit the bottom. You've hit the bottom, yeah. So so most people have heard of Alcoholic Anonymous, right? Right. Many people probably haven't heard of Gamblers Anonymous. Right. So are, are there, you said there was not many when you when you had the problem. Right. Are there more now? Yeah, yeah. when I uh, started here in the Chicagoland area in 1991, this is before the 10 casinos were opened by the state, there were 14 Gamblers Anonymous meetings that took in northwest Indiana and the Chicagoland area. 14 in the Chicagoland area, the, the whole, metro area. The whole metro area. And today, because of the expansion of gambling, there's 57 meetings. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh and, my. When I, and again, when I came in, Dave, there were hardly any women. In fact, there were only two women in the whole area of those 14 rooms. Today, if you walk into a, a recovery program like that, you'll see just so many women and most of the new members coming in are women because they're getting hooked on video poker and all these because little the cafes. Because the gambling industry, uh, as opposed to the gaming industry, right? right? We talked about this last week. The gambling industry is targeting women now. Exactly. And I, I don't like to give them kudos, but I, I heard last week's broadcast, a podcast, and I heard where they name them by women's names, you know. That's so, right. I mean, they they know how to market the product, you know. And so, well, they're serving wine. They're not serving beer. They're right. serving, you know, nice cheese and crackers. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. There's a florist in uh, Oak Lawn that has one, you know. Not, yeah. Yeah. You know, as long as they, can, like you say, can get have the liquor license too. So you're associating liquor too. And like I say, they're they're marketing where they drop the kitties off you know the moms and then come on so, over here so going back to this gambling is anonymous the meetings 57 you said in yep. the chicagoland mm-hmm. area so i mean that's evidence right i mean real oh, world yeah. evidence of a growth in in um in damaged lives right Def- definitely of victims yeah of what this government policy of legalized gambling right and they do have also the the uh for spouses and uh you know, friends in that gamut on, they can go to to get help for themselves oh, yeah. because uh, a lot of times the wife or the spouse have to go first. How do I deal you know? with this? Yeah. How do I not enable my? Exactly. Okay. They get they get some good advice through that program. But there, last I looked, uh, Dave, there's thirteen thousand five hundred gamblers that are on what they call the Illinois self-exclusion list. Okay, explain that. What is a self-exclusion list? Yeah, well, basically, you're tapped out. You've lost all your money, and you have to uh, 
you know, by pressure, either a family member, wife, or husband. You know, there's a lot of wives now gambling, and the husbands are all of a sudden realize their bank accounts are, are you know, wiped out. Their credit out, cards are maxed, maxed out. out, and yeah. they, they didn't even know their wife was gambling. But so they basically have told them, hey, if you want to continue to be married or, you know, you want any support from us, you've got to exclude yourself. So you go into... Uh, like Ingalls Hospital was is one location, and you go in and you sign forms, and you're basically, basically given authorization that that to they exclude them from all Illinois casinos. So what you're saying is you sign this paperwork, and it gets forwarded the casinos. Does it go to the video slot machine places? No, too? and that I sure hope one day it can it can come to that. Unfortunately, you're kidding me. No, I know there's been attempts made by. You know, so it only goes to the casinos. Just the casinos. So, so this paperwork that you fill out, you're saying, ban me. You're right. asking right. them to ban you right. from going into the casino. Right. And then if you do go in, you're facing prosecution. Or if you, you know, and I've known people that have gone in even with uh, fake IDs or you know trying, you know, because the gambling addiction is so strong. Wow. And then they've gone on and won. But if they go up to the window, then they get recognized. And I've, you know, in fact, a woman recently I know, she was 81 years old, and they caught her in there. And they, a couple guys came, took her to a back room, and, you know, really laid the law on her. They said we should be, you know, prosecuting prosecute you. You know, we're going to give you, you know, a warning. But they she didn't said break her kneecaps, didn't they? <laughs> no, no. But she said it was enough for her. Is most embarrassing thing, you know. Was that in Cook County? I think she went into. I could be wrong, but I think she went into an Indiana casino. So I don't know if there's a reciprocal, you yeah. know, for Illinois into Indiana. Well, also. I was going to say, Kim Fox has let all the real bad guys out. So we yeah. have room for 81-year-old gambling addicts in our prison. Oh, yeah. But I digress. So there's 57 places where people can get help exactly. in the state. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to predict that you're going to need many more with sports gambling now oh. legalized mm-hmm. online. Oh, yeah. Yeah, again, uh, the recovery program I'm in, I'm already seeing the damage. You know, the last few new members we've had are all sports gamblers. Unbelievable totals. Oh, and it seems you know. to me you can't turn on the news on television or the radio without hearing gambling, oh, yeah. sports betting especially, advertising saying, come bet, first bet for a buck and we'll pay you out 100 bucks." Yeah, and that's, uh, and that's the ploy. I mean, spiritually... You know, I, I think of it like Satan with the hook, you know. It he is. Says, he says, you know, you can't lose. In other words, you're, you're better off, actually. They, it's if a you bright, lo- shiny if, lure. If, yeah, if you lose your <laughs> bet, because if you won the bet, you don't get the bo- you know the bonus that they're going to give you. I mean, some places are matching up to $1,000. And, you, you know, and so. we're entering in right now. We're entering the uh, March Madness oh, season. Boy. Yeah. And whoa, the brackets, right? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And this is one of their big, big events. You know, that Super Bowl naturally is the biggest. But now, I mean, you know, I, I really expect uh, crisis calls as soon as this thing's over in a few weeks to start reaching out because, you know, once you're once you get addicted to this gambling, you can't bet just one game. You right. don't say, well, I'm going to go in and just bet this one. You start doing parlays and. The sad thing about sports gambling today, unlike when I bet sports, I I had to either pick a team, say, for instance, say the White Sox or uh, 
White Sox or you better bet on the White yeah. Sox. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah. I shouldn't say yeah. that. I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. but I, I am a Sox fan. Yeah, me too. Me too. And, and, and a Reds fan growing up. Um, no, Ronnie I and I have had that talk ah. about Cincinnati. So I was the biggest Cincinnati <laughs> fan in Chicago for some reason. I loved the big red. You and Monty for yeah. sure. But uh, you know, I had either bet. I either had a. I had two choices when I bet a game. I had to bet who who was going to win the game or who was going to. Uh, uh, the over and under. In other words, say six run. If two good pitchers were pitching, you'd have to bet it's either going to be six or, you know, six runs or under. You know, okay. so yeah. So basically, uh, I only had two now. Oh my goodness! You right. can bet live bets all the way throughout the game. Like who's going to get the first hit? Who's going to get the first home run? Who, you know, what's how many sp- strikes in a game? You know, Strikeouts in a game? Right. All the, and then uh, the, you can actually change your bet. Like at, I think you can bet for just the first to fifth inning. Who's got the lead at the fifth inning? So. I'll be, I'll be quite honest with you. If I would have been sports betting, you know, like it is today, I would have blown my brains out in, in record time because wow. of all those all those options. So, so okay. So, saying that, I'm interested in hearing your testimony of how you got addicted, mm-hmm. you know, and how you came out of it. Right. Uh, how far did you go? What yeah. was the bottom for you? Okay. And maybe we can do that when we come back. All right, let's do that. This is Illinois Family Spotlight. We will continue our conversation after this. Not everyone likes Cinderella. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. This year's March Madness Cinderella, Oral Roberts University. They've already beat Ohio State and Florida and are only the second 15 seed ever to advance to the Sweet 16. And if you don't know what any of that means, ORU is one of only 16 teams left competing for the national championship. Now, usually people love the underdog, but not Hemal Javeri, the race and inclusion editor at the USA Today. ORU is not the feel-good story we need, she wrote in an op-ed this week. With its discriminatory and hateful teachings about sex, The school is a hotbed of institutional transphobia, homophobia, with regressive sexist policies. By even including them, the NCAA proves how little they actually care about inclusion, says the inclusion editor, who wishes to exclude them. Not only does she misunderstand the word tolerance here, but she forgets. The same religious faith motivating the university has motivated disaster relief and running into a Colorado King Supers this past week that was under fire. Does she want to ban that? I'm John Stone Street. Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Larrick here along with David Smith. Yellow. And our guest is Jerry Prasapio, a former compulsive gambler. He's come out of that thanks to uh, the help of uh, some Gamblers Anonymous organizations, but also Holy uh, Spirit. the Holy Spirit. Amen. And uh, God intervened in his life in a sure. big way. Yeah, he sure did. We want to talk about a story, but... His story. His story, but uh, boy, that story... Uh, I'm sure is multiplied now because of uh, what's going on, particularly, I think, with this online sports betting. And one thing I'd like to talk about before we get to your story, Jerry, is online gambling and young people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just gray-haired folks like me doing this. It, we're talking about young kids having access to gambling on their phones. You know, before you do that, I just read 6% of college students have gambling disorder. 6%. I know. Yeah, it's really amazing. What are we doing to our kids? It's all, again, like this Internet, you know, where they can do, they got the mobile phone, that's their device. And, you know, they they say they can guard against that, against the age, age requirement. 
but they get a hold of a credit card or their parents' credit card. I mean, I've been at a meeting one time, a 17-year-old kid came in, I think it was $78,000, came in with his parents. They had no idea until the, the credit, credit card statements so came in. So are the in. parents liable for that? I think in that case they were, you wow. know, yeah, yeah, because wow. it was a, a personal thing, and you know, I wish he would have stayed around and got more help. But uh, he was actually court ordered, I believe. I had to sign a form for him, you know. So, so I mean, he it, had to come to your meetings, right? Okay. Right. And there's people that are like that, that you know, they're getting early. The courts give them like a last chance. You know, you go to get some get some uh, professional help or else, you know. Yeah, so, that's good. Yeah, yeah it is. What's the know? relapse like? Is there a it's, relapse? It's terrible, Dave. I'd like to tell you that a lot of people, you know, get get recovery, but to get even a year or five years, you know, free of gambling, and that's really where the Lord comes in. I mean, yeah. there are spiritual steps in the program, and that's really through through those is where, how I came to know the you gotta Lord. you got to be accountable to the Lord, right? right? Yeah, you do need, yeah, I mean, without Him, you know, because they, they do talk in the groups about a higher power and, you know, a source of, you know, other than yourself, you know, relying on somebody. For me personally, you know, without the Lord, I right. I would have I would have relapsed. And I bet you're able to share that with a lot of uh, people who come. Right? Yeah, I do. I do ask the Lord to give me those opportunities. Excellent. You know? yeah. Well, let's talk about when you made your first bet. Oh, okay. And uh, do you remember that? What happened yeah, from there? Yeah. Yeah, I started in the one I remember. I I started in third grade. No my, kidding. What? Know, and my friend Marty had a his uh, brothers and dad had had a green felt poker table down in the basement yeah brand new in fact they told us you can play on it but don't drink cups or coke because you know you'll yeah you don't want to spill it so after school we would play penny any poker there and we had a time limit it was like five o'clock we all had to go to our respective homes to get a bite have dinner and i remember even then looking at the clock when it got to about 4:55 and saying boy i don't want this to end <laughs> you know i really enjoyed either winning the pennies or just even doing it, uh, the know, thrill, the thrill of doing it. And yeah. so, it, I look back on it that early. It was in my in my makeup, and then it just kept kept continuing on bigger amounts uh, through through grammar school. I started pitching, you know, nickels, and then I went from nickels to quarters because dimes bounced all over the place, so we didn't use those. Oh, and uh, but the thing, those or, darn dimes. Yeah. <laughs> Brother, do you have a time? <laughs> yeah. And and the lagging, the lagging, I, I, I saw a, a pattern start because what happened was the guys I knew, my age group, were still lagging pennies or nickels, and the older guys were lagging quarters, and I wanted to risk more. So I found myself uh, graduating or, you know, hanging around the older older people want to gam- gamble bigger amounts. And so same thing happened. Then I started playing poker at a, a local bowling alley like at Saturdays mornings and again I'm playing now I'm in sixth grade but I'm playing with guys in high school sixth grade no yeah. kidding oh yeah I was hustling paper route jobs everything I I, I worked jobs from uh, really from fifth or sixth grade on you know all my life till I retired a few years ago but all the money back then you know other friends of mine were opening up bank accounts you know uh, and for me, it was all it was all gambling money, and I, I would play this poker with these older guys, and I look back and I know they were cheating me, but it was just a thrill of playing with them. I'd go to we had a the, it was upstairs second floor of that bowling alley. And I'm walking down the stairs and it's like man, I'm playing with the older guys, you know. And then high school, I started I went out for the high school football team, and we didn't have a football program. We were real big in in basketball, and so I went out for it thinking that was going to be a new 
new way to image for me and thing I can get into. And I made it to the final cut, but then I did get cut cut from the team. And uh, it was kind of funny, the final, final cut, uh, I didn't even know how to, we went full equipment. I didn't even know how to slot the pads in or the, you know, I'm asking guys, because these guys played eighth grade, you know, and I'm asking, well, where do you put these things? You know, they said, you don't, never wore equipment. But anyway, I got cut that day. And I remember walking home and I was really rejected, you know, and I kind of traced that back and doing a personal inventory. And I really said, what am I going to do now? You know, all my other friends were good basketball players or, you know, other sports. And, and really, the, I got an opportunity to start passing parlay cards out. And parlay cards were ones where you had, you had a list of all the teams each weekend. And you, you had to pick like three teams minimum for a dollar. Did Bookie approach you about this, well, or how'd that happen? Uh, what happened was somebody in the school was doing it, and his dad was, you know, was connected or oh, they had, wow. had these things. And then when he saw me playing them at the at the many as I was, he said, "Listen, uh, I got too much, too many to do, but could you help me out?" And next thing, I'm passing these out. But there was a thrill there because people had to come to me to give me the money. I was I was going to a you uh, were the gatekeeper. Yeah, well, I was a gatekeeper at a risk because I was going to a private school, uh, Leo High School, back. And if I would have got caught, honestly, I would have probably got expelled. And so I'm secretly mean guys in the washroom and passing these out. And then one day I I almost got caught, and that's when I I said enough's enough. And so I I quit doing that. And then went on to college, and that's when I met met my first bookmaker on campus at college and started betting sports. And I remember I bet three uh, teams for $10 each, and I won all three games. No kidding. Worst thing that could have ever happened. Uh, You know, when you win any, any type of gambling the first time, like even that fed the, the addiction again yeah. they're yeah. saying has it go back to the hook again and there's a scripture proverbs fourteen twelve that says there is a, a way that seems right onto man yeah but it leads to death and it does. and that was my life yeah. back then you know i remember um years ago back in ohio where i grew up the the ohio lottery came in mm-hmm. and it was probably 45 years ago and you know i went out and got me some scratch tickets mm-hmm. and my mom said I'm going to pray that you never win. Wow. <laughs> and that was, I, I thank my mom for doing that. That's, yeah. go, that's godly wisdom. <laughs> it really is, you know. So how did it evolve from there then, Jerry? Well, from there I just uh, gambled throughout high school. In fact, met another friend that uh, liked to gamble. We would go, you know, to all the way to uh, East Moline Downs. I went to Illinois State and uh, normal, but we'd drive to East Moline Downs for harness races. On a weekend we'd come back and bet on the horses. Bet the horses harness. And we come back, and I bet Washington Park that it was before it burnt down here in Chicago. And if I won, I would go home and stay, you know, with my parents for the weekend. If I lost, I was so depressed, I'd just get in the car and head right back right back to school. And hopefully we'd have enough money left, a uh, gas tank, uh, to make it back to no school. No kidding. Because we, we just would spend every every dime trying to uh, trying to win the bets. And so that, that carried on through college. My dad did get me a job, a good job, summer job, and I paid my way through uh College. I went to a private school back then. It was St. Procopius. It's Illinois Benedictine now, and it was it was expensive. But if I didn't gamble, I could afford it. Long and short, I met two guys. They were I'm a freshman. They're both seniors, and their goal in life were to become harness drivers plus owners. 
you know, and I thought, oh, man, these are guys are right up my alley. Well, you know, I'm skipping classes and going out in the middle of winter out to Aurora Downs with these guys, and we're hopping over the back fence because that was $2 admission saved. We're driving through <laughs> the toll boots. They didn't have the cheater gates back then, so we're, we're blowing through those, and, I, you know, it was just... You know, it was just all the way through college, and then I transferred to Illinois State. And I and here, here's something happened that I, I have to share is I have about when I got to about the month of May, April, I should have had enough money, but I was I lost. I, I had lost enough to where I don't have you know, enough to finish the semester. So, I start I, I started beginning lying to my parents. I told them, you know, that's more expensive than I thought. You know, Dad, Mom, could you lend me the money? until I get my first check. And that's really where the lies began, and boy, they just escalated the rest of my life to about my parents, friends, family, especially my wife, you know, and it, you take on a spirit of lying as a compulsive gambler. It gets so bad to where you don't even know what who you told what to toward the end, you know, because you're just get, you're getting all tripped up in, in, in anything to get money with which to gamble. And the money is really the, uh, the bullets needed. To, to, to continue compulsive gambling. And that's why we even tell people, like, you know, don't continue to give money or bail anybody out. They're going to have to set up a payment program with their their debts. You know, if you give them the full amount, he owes 20 grand, you pay off his credit cards, that gives them a free slate. And, and that's what people did for me early on. I got some early bailouts. My wife would go get loans at the uh, credit union she worked at and different things. I'd cry little baby tears. This will be the last time I promise I'll never, you know, well, you know, and as soon as it was, you know, I paid the bookie off, next week I got a free line of credit. So it's just uh, it's just a cycle. And like I say, after college, I, uh, I uh, went, uh, I started working for a Fortune 500 company. And I had, you know, beautiful comp- company car, nice sales job. And I should have, you know, I, <laughs> by all means it had been all right, but I, I, that's when the gambling really became became heavy in my life and so uh i reached a point there where i asked my dad if i well what happened is i actually entered an army recruitment office in addison illinois because i wanted to escape you know i just wanted were you married at this time uh no i wasn't okay and i figured you know i got a college education there's you know i saw the ads you could be an officer you know and all that so i go in and i'm all set the guy explained oh yeah we want we need you and he gives me a piece of paper and you know here you just sign here and i I said you know let me think sleep on it and i'll be back to you and i finally opened up to my dad well he had served in world war ii for five years and he went out to, and I explained to him what my problem. He said, kid, if you think you're going to escape gambling and going in the service, you're crazy. They got poker games galore. You'll end up blowing your checks, you know, to other servicemen. Mm-hmm. He says, what you got to do is just use willpower and stop gambling and find yourself a good girl. Well, thank God I did. The following week almost, I found my wife who we've now been married for 40 years. Amen. But I, I couldn't do the other. I couldn't use willpower. No willpower was gonna was strong enough to have me stop gambling at that point so it just continued on you know in my 20s i went to vegas for the first time with a group of 21 uh people 20 guys and one one gal she went because she was recently married and she wouldn't trust her husband with 20 20 (laughs) 20 of us and so anyway we get out there and uh we get into the stardust hotel i remember and uh, we get up to the uh, to the desk, and the clerk says, "Oh, your rooms aren't ready yet. They'll be ready about two thirty, three o'clock. But we have a place to store your luggage. Come back, gave us claim tags. Go on, gamble, have fun." So you know, gave him the luggage. I went out to the crap. Was table. that on purpose? 
Oh, yeah, well, no, it sure was mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I went out to the crap table, and by the time I went back at 2.30, I had lost all my money, oh. and I wasn't even checked into my room. Now, these other, oh. guys, these other guys I was with, they weren't compulsive like me, and so they were, you know, just a little betting or whatever. But something happened at that crap table that really, again, Satan, Satan came into the picture because I saw a guy across from me. He was, he was just signing a slip of paper, and not having to put up money like me. And I remember saying to the guy next to me, a uh, regular there, I guess, and I said, how, how come that guy doesn't have to put up money like us? And he says, well, he's a high roller. And he said, you know, he has a line of credit. And I said, boy, I said, that's really something. And I purposed again in my mind. I, I said, I want to be like him one day. <laughs> and again, wow. the scripture, there is a way that seems right on demand, yeah. but it leads to death. And so subsequent casino trips, uh, when I... You know, did uh, get, I did get married at age 28. My wife gave me an ultimatum after six years of dating. She said, you know, that's it. You, you know, she was back here. Fisher cut bait. Yeah, she was back here. I had got in business with a couple guys in California. She was back here. I'm out there. And, you know, just, you know, but we, interestingly enough, I didn't gamble but two times in one year to develop the business. We, my other, my other partner liked to gamble and he liked to use drugs and, you know, and I had... That, that going on in my life too and we 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 made a commitment to each other and said you know we won't gamble because if we do you know we won't get this thing off the ground so like i say when did you hit rock bottom i hit rock bottom after i got married monty and my uh i got i got into so much debt my barber was a compulsive gambler and he told me you know i said well i really really in bad shape i you know you know anybody i can get a loan from and he said oh, yeah he says i got a guy you know but he's hooked up with the mafia and he said i'll uh, set you up with them if you want but you, you know jerry you gotta pay this guy you know you don't play around you know if you I like saw, your knees right. right and i saw no i said oh, i'll pay him you know i was so desperate i i meet this guy and to be honest with me i'm, I'm 69 years old now so the guy was probably my age looked kind of like me, you know, and he met, met him in a restaurant and kind of like a grandfather image, you know, and I didn't think him to be, you know, uh, dangerous or anything. Right, right. So I made a deal with him. I had brought a life insurance policy, which was the only thing I had left. He says, I don't want your life insurance policy. I got your address. You know, you just have to pay, and you don't pay. You know, you're going to pay your payments, right? I said, oh, yeah. And so he gives me the amount of cash. So I'm thinking, well, I'll go to the local racetrack and you know, I'll pay this. I'll pay this guy off in a couple of days. You know, well, I blew it all. Oh blew it all the next about in two or three days, and then I was really in the soup. And so, uh, making payments to him for a while, and then one time I said, I got to get to, I got to get to Vegas and see if I can make make a score. And so, my so you were under the uh, illusion or de- mm-hmm. being deceived right. that you could make the money back. Oh yeah, yeah. You always think the big win. See, I'd had a big win. At the casino, you know, I, they set me up with a line of credit, and you know, I, you know, they're giving me free beverages, free room. Oh yeah, sure. That, you know, they call they stamped your ticket RFB, room, food, and beverage. You know, so you, you know, and so I had had a big win, so I thought in the back of my mind I can do it again. Free you up so you can use all your money just on gambling. Right. Well, and pay off some of the debts because of the pressures. You sure. Know? But uh, what happened really was uh, just the opposite, and uh, so I. I end up uh, I end up going out to Vegas, blew up, blew all the money, again, and I uh, I call home and my wife tells me, you know, Jerry, it's kind of interesting. She said we had this guy come by the house. Oh, by the way, I had a payment due 
uh, of Mark. His while you were out in Vegas. Well, well, yeah, and his name was Frank, but I left it with my barber. He said, well, I got to pay him today. You know, give me yours and I'll, I'll pay him. Well, what happened is because he was sick like me, he went to a local racetrack and blew my... The barber spent your payment. Spent my payment. So when oh. Frank didn't get my payment, he showed, he hightailed it over to my house. And we then had an infant son, uh, four months old, or actually three months old. And he uh, he, he basically told my wife, I'm a, you know, associate from Jerry that knows him through his business. You know, I hear you have an infant son, you know. I wonder, could I see him? Pat didn't think anything of it. went to the nursery, brought him to the screen door, and then he looked at him and he said, well, when you talk to Jerry next, could you give him a message? And she said, sure. And she said, would you tell him he has a beautifully shaped head? And then he turned around and walked away. Now, I'm in Vegas, lost all my money. I called my wife up. Back then, you didn't have caller ID, and I didn't have to worry about it. Call me and trace. I call her up, and she hits me with this message. I told her, listen, babe, I got to, she thought I was in Los Angeles on business. I said, I got to get back on the job hung up the phone, I, I just froze. I said, how much further? Did she suspect anything no, from that message? No, she, no, she had no, she thought it was strange. but It she was weird, yeah. Weird, but she didn't know what it meant. But and you. I, I did, yeah, and I you knew. You knew what it was. Right, and that was my bottom. I. It was a threat. Yeah, it was a threat, and I thought, how much further are you going to take this now? You're jeopardizing. The life and life well-being of, of your son. Of my family, and so I flew back. I'd like to say it was the last time I gamble. went one more time to a local racetrack, Bay Meadows Racetrack in San Mateo lost everything again, came out to the car, and I couldn't turn the key over in the ignition. And I sat in that car, and I remember I said eight words that changed my life. I said, God, I am so sick. Please help me. Mm. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, fellas, I didn't know if he could even hear me because <laughs> I had so much shame and guilt and, you know, how could God really love me? Yeah. But, boy, he, he heard that cry, and, and he delivered me to a local chapter there for help, and a guy... His name was Bill W., came two hours of his life to talk with me after the meeting and told me what I would have to do. He outlined a plan in addressing the debt to the mafia. He told me if you know, when he calls, if, you tell, if he tells you he's going to break your legs or something, say, if you do, I can't work. If I can't work, I can't pay you. So, you know, I really just took his advice. I had to call three bookmakers the next day. I was in San Jose with dime phone calls back then, pocket full of dimes. <laughs> call, and then I had written bad paper, too, in Nevada when I was on that trip, bad checks. And I was worried they, they were going to extradite me. So I had a load of problems. And, you know, so that was my bottom. And then, you know, henceforth, I, by the grace of God, I've been free of it. And that was... Uh, 30, almost 38 years ago. And now ago. you're helping people with their addictions today. I am, and that's because, again, Dave, they were they were there for me. This Bill W. was there and count, countless others of people that just gave of their time and, you know, and as a result. So, so what the devil meant for evil, God is using for good yes, in your life. I believe that, too. Amen. That, that has been good. Yeah. Tell me about the spiritual dimension that you bring to the table uh, with these people who are seeking help. Well, each person gets a sharing time at these meetings, whether it be Celebrate Recovery or, you know, Gamblers Anonymous or really any any program. And so, you know, you really have that five minutes, five to seven minutes to share. And I, I pray personally on the way to the meeting. I just say, I just ask Holy Spirit, I say, I don't really want my words to come out. Would you just help me? And a lot of times, I, the main meeting I go to, it's 12 steps, so each each uh, week we work on a diff different step. And so, you know, you could talk a little bit about there, but each one has, you can really interwove inter the, the Lord and who, 
who is my higher power, you know, so I really am able to do that. And then hopefully build a relationship. I do sponsor some people one-on-one, and that even that, that even gets us closer to where I do get opportunities. And you have an organization. Right. It's called uh, Gambling Exposed. And if somebody's listening to this and they know people who might need help, mm-hmm. have some questions, how could they get a hold of you? Yeah, they can reach us at uh, phone number 708 389 1127 708-389-1127 right and just and think think about it. it it might be someone you're sitting next to at church who has a gambling problem especially with all the sports oh, betting yeah. the temptation it's just exponentially worse than what it used to be oh yeah it really is and ken darnell and i you know in our talks we are open to going anywhere really we, we have talked at even uh, fraternal organizations like Rotary we've gone to colleges Roosevelt College went down to Evangel Springfield we've gone to North Carolina uh, different churches that will open their doors to us because there are many Bible pe- studies Sunday schools right. Wednesday night evening exactly uh, yeah, yeah okay and especially youth too Sunday night know, evening yeah just like you touched upon youth I, I have such, such a strong desire to share with youth groups you know before they Absolutely. make that first bet and so anyone that would like us to come out can has a, a PowerPoint presentation, biblical and moral and, yeah. and what it's doing in our country. And then I share my personal testimony of how just basically what I've shared here where the Lord is uh, taking me out. And gambling, you don't think gambling could be addictive, but it is addictive. And it actually um, is so depressing to people. Mm-hmm. I just read a story, stat that said 20% of addicts attempt suicide. Very high, high percentage. I've known people myself over the years that have taken their life. I remember I got a call one night from a wife, and she said, you know, Jerry, I know you were befriending my husband, Tom. He was a high-ranking official in Chicago, and uh, he had tried the program. He was doing okay. I was taking him to meetings, and then all of a sudden he went back to the gambling, and, and uh, he took his life. And she said, I found your phone number in his wallet, and I just want to let you know they took his life. And never uh, forget, never forgot that phone call, you golly. know? So, yeah. I mean, the, the, the despair is there, but there is hope, right? Oh, there definitely. is hope oh, there in is. Jesus Christ. There is hope in the Lord, you Amen. know? Amen. Yeah, because these stories, I... And there yeah. are guys like you and Ken who are willing to come alongside and uh, help people navigate through the uh, the addictive mm. part of it right. and that is And that is our passion. Amen. Wow, wow. All right, that number again is 708 708- Three eight nine one one two seven gambling exposed seven oh eight three eight nine one one two seven. Let me ask you this, Ken, before <laughs> uh, we leave. But if you're watching a game on TV, uh, with you know Major League Baseball is now into uh, sports betting, mm-hmm. pro footballs into Everything. sports betting. Yeah. Sooner or later we're going to have a major gambling scandal. Mm-hmm. Don't you think that's I going do. to happen? I truly believe that. In fact, I know it's just around the corner. Yeah. P- Pete Rose type of thing? Well, you even, I think it's going to be even worse. Yeah. Bigger yeah. than that? Yeah. yeah cause, uh, the Black Sox? Yeah. The refs are, they have had instances in the past with you know basketball officials, but I see even a bigger, bigger uh, scandal. Because even the Major League Baseball teams and, and sports teams you know, are making money off of this. Sure. They're, they're uh, you know, promoting it, and it's ironic. I was talking to Monty being a Cincinnati fan. Pete Rose, he, his favorite player, I love Pete, 
But here, he's out of the Hall of Fame yeah. because of gambling, and now right. they're they're making money. Now it's and, legal. Yeah, it's they're legal. encouraging yeah, it. Yeah, they're encouraging it at their sites. Um, heard Wrigley Field. There might be one right nearby. Detroit, Comerica Park. They're talking about putting it inside. Are you? You know, I mean, it's just ludicrous to me to think that you can run a game and not have something something fixed or one player if he if he gets like me you know and well he, i mean there are yeah. desperate people so they right. angle they cheat they cut corners oh yeah yeah they, and so they can so recoup layup. their losses right right you know they they drop a throw from uh, the shortstop to the first base and whatever right you know, oh yeah, yeah that could happen okay yeah. Well, uh, Jerry, what a story you have to tell. Once again, the name of the organization and your phone number. It's uh, Gambling Exposed. They can reach us at 708-389-1127. Jerry, we got to have you back in sometime because uh, this, this issue is not going away, Monty. This, it's only going to get worse. It is getting worse. And we need you know, you God's think about intervention, it. don't we? We, we do. do. We, we do. do. You know, 2009, a major expansion, and then 2019, a major expansion. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you, you would think we are oversaturated, as is, mm -hmm. but these foolish politicians think this is somehow an answer to their reckless spending problems. Right. Yeah. They think it's the only answer, and I'm, I'm troubled, too, because I've seen uh, TV, uh, not ads, but uh, I've actually seen pastors promoting, you know, that this is, again, their... Ab right. Ab Avenue it's an out, answer from know. God is what right. one of the mayors over here on the south side who right. wants a casino said. Right. Oh, what? Yeah. I know. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's troubling. Before we close out, and we're running over, I'm sorry, but where could they go next with gambling? I mean, we've got uh, casinos and video poker machines, online betting. Sports is there betting. anything out there yeah. yet to come? Yeah, there's a bill right now that's been written, but it hasn't passed through the legal process and it's a bill again robert Rita, who uh, oh in springfield illinois in springfield, okay. he or, robert reader is from blue island illinois right yeah and he's the one who was kind of the uh, the, the spearhead of this of, of the 2019 now he's got a bill uh for online gambling casino online gambling he would like you to be able to bet everything board games roulette you know you name it and boy there you go, just again. It's never for, enough, is yeah, it? Yeah, no, it's just further further gambling on on that phone. And that phone right now, for uh, anybody that likes sports or is, is, is getting trapped by gambling is the, is the avenue they're going to use. And we need to tell people to call their lawmakers and say no to this. Right, yeah. right. That's right. You guys said I checked with Kathy here that works, you know, in the yeah, family. Huh? She said yeah. right now it hasn't come out of committee, but when it does, we do want to take action. Yeah, 217-782-2000 is the capital switchboard. Mm -hmm. And if uh, you want to give a call, tell them, tell your state lawmakers, state rep and state senator, no more gambling. Yep. We're done. We're, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're drowning in it. And if you don't know the name of your state rep or your state senator, mm -hmm. you can go to our website, IllinoisFamily.org, and click Officials Finder. You'll get their names and their phone numbers. You just type in your address, and you'll get that info. Well, and they need to hear from us. Yep, yeah. they need to hear from yeah. us. I like even your take action button that you have, that little, you know, where you can just press that. It takes you right to the page. It's easy to do. I've done it several times in the past. And it's, well, we'll it's put a, an alert yeah. out on this as soon as it, it yeah. gets into committee. So. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jerry. No, it's my pleasure. Thank you for your great work, and God bless you. And Keep uh, going, Jerry. Thank you. Tell your family and friends about Illinois Family Spotlight. If you hear this broadcast, it's going to be up for a while. 
tell your friends about it because your friend might have a gambling problem. Stay safe, stay happy, and stay active. God bless. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.